Well, welcome back to yet again another episode of Theology Doesn't Suck. Uh, as always, I'm Josh, and with me is the coolest, most tattooed, tattooed, tattooist, tattooisted guy, Andy Herman. <laughs> What's up, Andy? <laughs> Hello. How's it? That was Josh. Wow. I suck at intros, man. We wow. this is established. I suck. It's kind of fun. I feel like, you know, when people listen, they're kind of spinning the chamber and they, like they don't know what they're going to get. That's true. Uh, you know, like maybe they'll get a really uh, smooth, thoughtful, um, revolutionary intro done by me. Yeah. <clears throat> or maybe the plane will just kind of take off and do that thing where it kind of just drops in the air for a few seconds. That's so like when you oh, do yeah, the- <laughs> turbulence. That's what happens in my just intro. Kidding. I, I'm just yeah, kidding, Yeah, lots of, lots of turbulence. That's fine. Feel, turbulence is a good I f- thing. I feel like that's what every one of my um, transitions is the equivalent <laughs> of. Every time I transition to, uh, to like, our topic from our banter, it just is, like, it's like the plane hit this giant air pocket and dropped Yeah. for, like, two seconds. And then, I'll, oh, we're, we're, we're smooth. We're in the topic, you know? Well, Maybe maybe what we need to do is think of like a like a catchy <laughs> catchy catchphrase ah for when we start off our podcast like for example there's a podcast I like called uh what is it the Bible for normal people and the thing that they say is welcome to the Bible for normal people the only God ordained podcast on the internet and that's wow. kind of funny it's is very that a P, is that Pete Enns yeah that, who does that one? it's okay. Pete Enns and Jared Bias yeah it's a good podcast. Um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah, their intro is kind of cool. I like it. It's funny, sarcastic. If you know Pete, that's very much Pete's style. But well, you know, you know who else? Who's another Pete? Um, that we know mutually. Pastor Pete. <laughs> Pastor Pete, or Peter Della Santanita, as I like to call him. It's actually Peter Della Santina, <laughs> but I like to mess it up on purpose. I like um, it. You know, um, did you ever meet Pastor Pete's son? I might just be going on a tangent that has no relevance to you, actually. No, that's fine. But yes, I did a couple times. Okay. Well, I just was shocked. <laughs> so Pastor Pete's son, Jonathan, um, he, I want to say he's 15 or I think he's 15 now, maybe 16, but I think 15. And, uh, you know, he was probably about my height when I was in Maryland with them. And uh, apparent, which I'm like 5'10", 5'10 and a half on a good day. Show off. <laughs> I'm only 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> five and a half on a good day. Jonathan has shot up. He's like a ninth grader or something. And he's already shot up to be uh, 6'1". Wow. Yeah. And I was, I saw a post about this on social media. That's why I brought this up from Pastor Pete. But Dude, uh, if Pastor P- P- Pete, if you're listening, man, buy Jonathan a basketball asap (laughs) you gotta get him going man yeah you gotta you know i don't think basketball is jonathan's thing jonathan is a super smart kid yeah wicked smart i don't think basketball is his thing though are you saying all basketball players are dumb andy yeah that's that's exactly (laughs) what i'm implying um you know i'm not a big fan of basketball personally but I only got into basketball because, like, a good buddy of mine, Javaska, always watched basketball when he came to my house. So mm-hmm. that's how I learned. And then he is not a fan of any one team. He is a fan of one player, LeBron James. <laughs> so whatever team LeBron James is on, that's the team he cheers for. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know whether – I think I don't respect that. Okay. I was <laughs> – I was unsure whether I respected that a lot or didn't respect it at all, but I think I decided I don't respect it at all. Yeah, hockey's a better sport anyway, so, you know. <laughs> Hockey is a better sport. I mean, I like going to basketball games. Like, we have a college team here. It's enjoyable to go to a game, but I don't like to follow basketball or watch it on TV sure. or anything like that. But anyway, so anyway, the moral of the story, though, is Pete. I'm pretty sure those NBA players make a, a lot of money. That's so. true. If you can uh, convince Jonathan that he needs to pursue basketball, I mean, he's got the height. Just needs to start lifting some weights, uh, drinking a lot of protein, <laughs> shooting that, eat shooting some, those hoops. Eat some kale. On. Yeah, maybe some Gross. kale. 
Gross. <clears throat> I, you know, there's a Babylon Bee article, I think, uh, letting us know that Satan has officially claimed responsibility for Kale. Oh, I like it. So, yeah, so... Dude, my favorite, Kale, my favorite Babylon B article maybe ever, and it came out a couple weeks ago, and this is going to be super, like, polarizing, but it said basically along the lines of, like, new poll, like, new Pew research study shows that, uh, like, 90% of Republicans would vote for Satan if he promised to run as a Republican <laughs> candidate. <laughs> I've seen that one. That's I thought it was funny. <coughs> I mean, to be fair. The Democrats already kind of did the same thing in 2016, but... Right on. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. I know Hillary Clinton isn't Satan. And for the record, I dislike Trump just as much as I dislike Hillary Clinton. Maybe even a little more. So Ooh. I don't need all of our listeners to get their um, metaphorical underwear in a wad. Yeah. Okay? We, yeah. we already only have a few of you. I don't, I don't need you to be offended and stop <laughs> no. listening. Way to go. I blew it. I yeah, like I just, I'm pretty sure I just lost our remaining five listeners. Sorry, Josh. Well, we can reel them in real quick. Just go like this. Hey, guys, guess what's really tasty? Beer. Oh, look at Josh making the transition today. Wow. You should you should do the thing, though, because that's your <clears> thing. So, I'll, hey, here's a random statement, Andy. That makes no sense. Blah, 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 blah. Well, hold hockey. on. Hold on, Josh. We're only like five minutes into this thing, I think. So, let's yeah. let's banter a little more, and I'll, I'll hit the transition in a minute. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to ask you actually, because we, we haven't talked a lot lately. We've Hard. been we've been busy. What have you been up to lately? Oh dude. Um mostly work. Oh actually you know hmm. what? I've been going to the beach a lot recently with my wife. Um Okay. You know, luckily uh one nice thing about living in West Palm Beach uh, is well one we're five minutes from the beach, which is awesome. And the beach that we go to is on Palm Beach Island, which is like super bougie. I will never, ever be able to afford to live there, ever. Um, Good. So it's, like, not touristy. Uh, the beach is very clean. The water's, like, almost clear. It's it's beautiful, man. And so we can go there in, what month are we in? January. And, like, sit on the beach and, like, it's perfect. You still put on sunscreen, you know, so you don't get burned. But, like, you can just sit there in the sun. It's, like, not too hot, so you're not sweating. But it's not cold either. It's, like, it's perfect. So we go to the that beach. Sounds- Beach a lot. Yeah, and also I've been watching the Capitals do atrocious, <laughs> play atrocious hockey. Well, the Avs haven't been too different from them, so. <laughs> hey, dude, the Caps always do this, though. Like, always. They just decide hockey's The pre-All-Star done. game. Yeah, exactly. Skid, yeah. But I'd rather them skid now than later. That's fair. Yeah, the Avs have been... The Avs went on a streak. We've won a couple now, but we went on a streak, I think, where we lost, like, nine out of our last ten or something like that. Yeah. Like, it was bad, man. It was real bad. But I th- I think we're picking it up. We beat the Kings, like, seven to one the other night, so. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little uh, freebie to help pick us back up, I guess. Dude, the Caps should have ended their... Uh... Their five game skid the other night against the Blackhawks because the Blackhawks <laughs> suck. The Blackhawks suck. Marty dude. Frederick, the Blackhawks suck. Yeah, Marty, deal with oh. that. The Blackhawks are terrible. I'm I'm genuinely disappointed in them. Well, you know, I mean that's Black what Hawks happens. Beat so the they Caps though eight to five. What a, is that? They what's up? The ca- they, they beat, beat them the Caps much? eight to five. What kind of wow stupid hockey game is that? Sounds like no one wanted to play defense that day. Yeah, and Jonathan Kane or Jonathan Kane, haha. <laughs> Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves both had uh hat tricks. Well, you know, the Blackhawks are <clears throat> in that I don't know what the phase of a star's life is called where it starts collapsing into itself. I don't know. You have to ask um, some science person, like Science Mike, if you know who that but is. But that's what the Blackhawks are in. Okay. You know, they had a dynasty. They burned bright for so long. They won the cup like every other year for a few years. <laughs> but, but you know, I'm pretty – I think they're just collapsing now. They yeah. don't have the young talent to back it up anymore. Their their core is old. Yep. And uh, it's just sad, really. Yeah, What's what I think is really sad, though, dude, is the Edmonton yep. Oilers. Oh. Because they should be good. And they're well, not. Yeah, that's been the case for a few years. Like, I feel that bad they should for them. be good. And they're under yeah. a microscope. Like, everyone Wait, they... watches them. 
Are they in the, uh, like, if the season were to end today, are they in the playoffs? They're three points out of a spot right now. Man. Well, they did make the playoffs last year, right? So that's exciting. They're, I mean, they're them. good. That's what I'm saying. They should be doing better, but they've been on a slope. <coughs> they just have, they have the potential. I mean, they Connor have the McDavid potential. is a disgustingly good hockey player. You got to admire that guy. I mean, I don't know what his contract situation is, but you got to admire him for sticking with that team. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, Connor, if for whatever weird reason you're listening to this podcast, go to Washington. Uh, or imagine this. <laughs> Picture this. If he were to go to Colorado, I mean, we already have two of the biggest superstars in the entire league in Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon. Now, I don't think that McDavid and McKinnon should be on the line together. I think we would want to spread them out, but... Just imagine how unstoppable that offense would be with, like, the two fastest, best scorers in the league. Plus, on top of that, imagine the power play. If you were to throw those two guys out together on a power play line. It'd be gross. Unstoppable, really. <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there. That I think the chances of Connor McDavid listening to this podcast are about, <clears throat> about as good as the chances of, like uh, – of Tim Keller listening to this podcast. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> now, um, speaking of Jim Carrey, Josh. Ooh, you got my reference. I'm proud of you. I know. Oh, I know. That was from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that are dumb, actually. <laughs> you know what's dumb? Uh, once upon a time, I worked at a Southern Baptist church. Wah, that had wah. a rule where no one on their staff was allowed to drink any alcohol, not even in the privacy of their own home. Um, and that was just dumb. And and so today, <laughs> what we're talking about, which maybe I'm already kind of showing my hand a little early, um, but today what we're talking about is Christians and alcohol drinking. So Should they do should, it? Yeah, should Christians drink alcohol? Are Christians allowed to drink alcohol? Etc. Hey, um, what's the answer? Because I'm drinking a beer right now. Yeah, so am I. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're listening to this, you uh, you've probably heard us reference the fact that we drink beer before, uh, and you know, so I think it's it's not going to be a surprise to anyone where we come out on this. Uh, I agree. Josh and I. I'll just I'll just admit it up front that Josh and I are both heathens who believe that it's acceptable to consume alcohol. Hooray, Andy gets caught um, a heathen on this episode. That might be the first time ever when theology doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, probably is. Um, ooh, my computer just asked me if I it can restart to install important updates. Should I let it restart? Mm, nah. All right, no restarting for this computer. It's going to be sad, but, you know, uh, it'll... Hopefully it'll, it'll make it. it. Yeah, it'll get Hopefully over. Hopefully those it. updates aren't that critical. Yeah, not that important. Um, but anyway, you know what is important is beer. True. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> Sorry, transition part in. two. Way to rain this um, and, and some of you actually might even remember on uh, Reformation Day, October thirty first, the day where we celebrate uh, kind of what is widely considered the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. Uh, Josh actually posted a quote mm -hmm. on our Instagram account. And I'm actually pulling it up right now because I want to get this quote exactly right. <laughs> Go for um, it. Ooh, where is it? Oh, there it is. It's actually one of the first photos we posted on Hooray. our Instagram account. It's he like photo number early. four. Good. Yeah. Um, so this quote is from <clears throat> the good Reverend Martin Luther, who was known for his, uh, his uh, modesty with alcohol and also <laughs> his... Um, his, very, his lack of uh, strong emotions. Um, <laughs> he said, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. Amen. And, and I think that's Hallelujah. one of the most airtight cases for drinking alcohol you can make for a Christian. I think so. Um, so, I mean, I think Martin Luther really, really closes the case for us there. Yeah, so what do thanks, you think? Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And, <laughs> thanks for uh, we listening. Hope, we hope you tune in next week. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> to pull it back a little, though, um, you know, there are, while I strongly disagree with churches where 
uh, drinking is banned for either members or staff people or what what you what what have ooh, you can't talk what how have much you? beer yeah. have you had to drink Andy? <laughs> uh, like four ounces so far uh, I thought you were gonna say four period I was like, well done <laughs> no I have I don't think I've ever gone that hard um, which we'll explain a little bit about that too later um but but you know even though I strongly disagree with churches that think that just outright ban drinking alcohol um, I think the logic behind it and the reasoning behind it is worth discussing. Sure. Uh, because especially to a lot of Christians who have maybe grown up in those churches or uh, come out of alcoholism or things like that. Right. Uh, the reasoning that those churches give makes a lot of sense. And so uh, to them, it might seem like drinking alcohol is a really, really terrible thing. So with that, uh, Josh, I believe we both... I don't know, did you come out of a background where drinking was frowned upon? Yeah, so actually, uh, one of the churches that I used to work at uh, was was a non-denominational church, but it was secretly Southern Baptist, like, <laughs> you know, like most non-denominational churches. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they had an alcohol policy. I didn't know about it, um, you know, until we were going, like, my wife and I moved from Maryland to this church here in Florida, and we're sitting at the table... I'm going over the like the the uh, employee handbook or whatever with the head pastor, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we talked about the alcohol policy, right? And how you can't do that." Ooh. And in my brain, I was like, "Well, actually, my wife and I were at Applebee's last night, and I took advantage of the two for one beer deal." <laughs> so no, I did not know that. Um, did you say that out loud? No, in my brain, I was oh. or out. And that's what I said in my brain out loud. I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, right, right on. You told me about that." Like I. It's kind of bad. Noah was was mad at me that I just kind of like surrendered. It was like, oh yeah, you told me that, but I didn't know what else to do. I panicked. I was new. You know, when you're starting a new job and you just moved a like, thousand miles, a thousand miles, twelve hundred. I understand um, why you'd be hesitant to push back. Sorry, Tamara. Tamara thinks I say push back too much. Push why back, you would be hesitant to make an an ordeal of that on your first day? I, yeah. I see. I yeah. see where you're coming from. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, I guess we'll we'll get into some logical reasons behind it in a little bit. But basically, their thing was about like living above reproach and putting pastors on pedestals and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and that is um, one of the probably the main reasons, <clears throat> especially when it comes to staff. So a lot of yeah. uh, Baptist and just non-denominational churches. Um, even if they allow their members to drink, uh, they <clears throat> they will often have <clears> – whoa, <throat> got some phlegm today. <laughs> You've um, been practicing they, your Hebrew. That's why you're so <laughs> – Yeah, I've been practicing my <laughs> Hebrew. Uh, they will – a lot of, oftentimes they will, um, will not allow their staff to drink at all. And so the reason they will give a lot of times is, well, you know, we might have people who are former alcoholics and uh, – we don't want to cause them to stumble, right? Or, uh, or just the idea of being above reproach. That's a commonly cited phrase: being above reproach. Yeah. Um, which is like, well, you know, we just don't want anyone to get the idea that our pastors or our staff are, you know, getting drunk and partying and stuff like that. So, sure. um, and I, I do think there is some value to staff at churches and pastors having a good public image and not like necessarily posting all the time about drinking and you know like you don't want to make it a huge thing sure um like i even sometimes tend to think that the and I, i'm gonna be honest i haven't listened to these guys that much so i'm not judging them on a personal level but like there's the reformed pubcast where the whole <laughs> idea of the podcast is centered around the fact that they're drinking while podcasting <laughs> And I'm not, I'm not going to come out and say that's, like, absolutely wrong or something. I think it's perfectly – they have liberty to do that. But, like, that's one of those cases where, I don't know, like, maybe that's flaunting it too much. I don't – Sure. Um, but, yeah, so a lot of these churches will – that'll be their reasoning. And that was the same thing with the church I worked at was uh, <coughs> back when I was a Southern Baptist. Um, <laughs> it was uh, – <laughs> You know, no no drinking, no tobacco, nothing like that, because they want you to be above reproach. No tobacco. You know what was, you know what was a real bummer, actually, is um, 
You know, they added the tobacco clause into the contract uh, right before they hired me. Oh, that's a bummer. They had, so, you know, I wasn't allowed to smoke cigars while I was on staff Which, there. Maybe. If we're honest, having a... Now, I'm not talking about, like, go to the gas station and buy, a, like, a black and mild, like, a good cigar. Like, go to a place that has a walk-in humidor, buy a good cigar. I do like that. Man, I love cigars. I mean, I don't smoke them all the time. Me neither. I probably smoke, like... Once, one a month, maybe two, depending on the month. But uh, um, depending on you how know, edgy you feel, all I can say is that churches that don't allow people to smoke cigars—that means you wouldn't have allowed Spurgeon to be on your staff. Bummer. Really? Although I don't know that church that I worked at might not have anyway because they really didn't like Calvinists. So. <laughs> no Charles uh, Spurgeon. Yeah, no Spurgeon for them. They were not quoting Spurgeon. Um. But anyway, so that's, I mean, that's kind of for staff, that's the broad reason given. And, and to some degree, um, you'll hear the same thing with churches that don't allow their members to drink a lot of times, like the idea of just being above reproach, like, like yeah. why even do it if, if there's the risk of alcoholism and things like that? Like, why just don't even get close to it? Um, there are, I think there are some churches out there <clears throat> where they, they straight up teach that drinking at all is just a sin. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know there are because um, I went to a church that taught that. <laughs> oh, really? But yeah. that wasn't the one that you worked at. No, a this was a church one. I okay. went to when I was younger. And they would actually okay. say that, yeah, drinking was a sin and, like, it was this whole big thing. Huh. Yeah, it was actually where I went to youth group at. Um, yeah, it was a Baptist church as well. That's bizarre. And so if we want to kind of go in reverse order maybe of tackling why we would disagree with both of those positions – we can talk about the sin one first, and then maybe like the reproach, the and all that second. But I, th- I mean, the sin one that seems really easy from scripture to yeah. to shoot down pretty quick. Water um, to wine. Yeah, Jesus turned water to wine. His <laughs> first um, recorded miracle. Yeah, in John, Jesus provided wine for a wedding. He wasn't even just doing it as a sign; he was providing wine for a party. Right. Think about that. Think about that. And another cool thing that I learned more recently, I was reading a book uh, by Bruxy Cavey. I don't know Mm -hmm. how you feel about Bruxy Andy. I think he's a cool dude. He's an Anabaptist guy. But um, he he was talking about how not only did Jesus turn water into wine, but the jars um, that Jesus used that were filled with water were actually used – were supposed to be used for like uh, religious cleansing, like purity code stuff. And so he kind of, Bruxy was making kind of a point about like Jesus kind of making a, like a, political is the wrong word, like a stance against like that kind of thinking as well. Like he Mm -hmm. was defying like a religious norm, took the the hand washing jars and turned them into wine. (laughs) It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Just food for thought. Food for thought indeed. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know Bruxy KV's stuff super well. I'm sure that I would disagree with him on a lot of stuff, but. Um, I've heard good things about him through you. So he's extremely smart. Um, and what's cool about him is he he knows his stuff. Uh, and like he, um, he's very friendly and open. Like I mean, he has good conversations with people all over the place. He seems pretty willing to talk. I I read an article a while back now, probably like six months ago, maybe. Well, maybe not quite that long, but. Uh, where some gospel coalition guy did like an interview with him. Yeah. Uh, just talking about like trying to figure out where they agree and where they differ. And I thought that was helpful. Um, like, cause there is some stuff I got from that, that I, I realized I would, uh, would agree with him on. Right. Right. Um, but there's also definitely some stuff I would disagree with him on. Um, for sure. Cause he's not a Calvinist, but <laughs> well, he's not a Calvinist. Uh, he's a, f- he he refrains from using words like inerrancy when talking about the Bible. Yeah, very Anabaptist like thing to do. Yeah, he's a, he's very Anabaptist. So, you know, um, oh, actually, Josh, hold on, I have to throw this out there while I'm thinking of it because you know you make this joke all the time. So you know, I learned actually that because uh, you know you make the joke about Anabaptists getting like persecuted and oh, stuff. I know all where the time. this is going. Yeah. Yeah, I so exactly I learned this weekend going. that actually, like, way more Calvinists were killed for their faith. Oh, that's like, not where I thought you were going. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, way, like, apparently, 
like way, way, way more Calvinists were killed for their faith during the Reformation than Anabaptists. Wow, that's interesting. I, they're like, I, and I don't, I might be misremembering the numbers, so the, these numbers could be off. But if I remember correctly, it was something like 30,000 to 3,000. Oh, wow. That, like Calvinists to yeah. Anabaptists. No, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I thought what you were going to say, which is something that people have said before, is like, oh, well, Anabaptists, they were crazy killing people too. And I was going to say, well, there was a section of them that kind of lost their shit and like went AWOL for a little bit, kind of like how yeah. ISIS is, but uh, that wasn't the norm. That's where I thought you were going. Okay, but no, that's not where I was I going. Apologize. I've heard of that too, but... I apologize that your fellow Calvin brothers and sisters were, were killed. Actually... I apologize that anybody was killed by Christians ever, period. Because <laughs> you are a pacifist. Yeah, well, nonviolent. Difference. What, why don't you, well, we'll have to talk about that in another episode. <laughs> did we do an episode on pacifism? We didn't. Like we had... should do that. Okay, we maybe should we it. should. Make another yeah. Listeners, For some reason, coming. I was feeling like we did an episode on that. That's so weird. We huh. should do that. I'd be, I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that would be fun. Um, anyway, but back to alcohol. alcohol. So yeah, talking about, we, that was a long rabbit trail. That's okay. Um, talking about though, why obviously those churches that teach that drinking at all is a sin are just clearly wrong. Um, uh, so, you know, the Bible, the Bible is full of alcohol. Very much um, so. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, I don't remember what Psalm it is and I'm going to be paraphrasing, but, uh, in one of the Psalms, um, there's David says something along the lines of like good wine is to be desired to make one's heart merry or something (laughs) like that you know so there's things in the psalms about like it's not just having a like it's enough to make your heart merry so it's not no (laughs) wine um yeah (laughs) now now i don't think that's advocating for getting drunk and we'll talk about that a little bit later too but there's a line um there's a lot of i mean the covenantal meal the meal that jesus instituted for the church communion the lord's supper uh involves wine and so you know there are those who will argue like oh well it's actually just grape juice that's just not true so (laughs) i mean it is factually inaccurate (laughs) yeah it is true that it's that wine in that time may have had slightly less alcohol than it has today but it's not like it had no alcohol. Yeah, it was still and alcohol. <laughs> it, it was not grape juice. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> to claim that Jesus was out there giving his disciples grape juice is just wrong. Um, yeah. He wasn't serving them Welch's. He was serving them, uh, what's it? What's a wine brand? I don't uh, know. We'll go with the Jewish uh, Manischewitz. <laughs> Manischewitz. <laughs> yeah, well, then he was Jewish. Kosher so. wine. Yeah, that's um, what Jesus made. Is some wine not kosher? I don't know. I probably not. What makes food? Co- <laughs> I thought. <clears throat> I thought Uh-oh. food was kosher if it like obeyed like the Old Testament dietary yeah, laws. So that I think then wine is always kosher. Well, I mean, <clears throat> if you, you want to go like out of pig's blood or something weird, well, that would be gross. But if you want to go super strict, I was gonna say there are laws about in the Old Testament for the nation of Israel about like letting their fields lie fallow. Mm. every seventh year and things like that now it doesn't say that they can't consume products from people who didn't do that so i don't know that's fair but maybe kosher, maybe kosher wine would be wine that was produced in a vineyard where they they don't uh plant every seventh year there you go that's, that's probably my fair. theory um <laughs> so anyway point being i mean you can look it up for yourself just like go to an online bible and look up the word wine like wine is the main form of alcohol talked about in the bible by the way um doesn't mention beer which is unfortunate uh but but alcohol is mentioned a lot in the bible and not always negatively that's the thing not Um, always negatively the bible does have a lot to say negatively about being a drunkard um, and about inappropriate use of alcohol, but alcohol is also talked about positively. Another one that comes to mind actually is a uh, Paul when writing to his protege Timothy, um, actually encouraged him to drink wine. Yeah, uh, because he said it was good for his stomach. <laughs> so thanks, Paul. You know, yeah, thank you, Paul, for allowing us to drink wine for our stomach. I actually don't really like wine. 
I uh, like beer. But. Yeah, I, I agree. Some <laughs> wine's good. But also, dude, like, people accused Jesus of being a drunkard. Like, that's one thing they said to that's him. That's true. Like, Jesus, you were a drunkard. And they wouldn't so, say that if he was just drinking water. Yeah, and I think that's one clue we have um, that the Reformed are on the right track. <laughs> because you know if any tradition has been accused of liking alcohol too much well maybe the lutherans take yeah. number one good job lutherans. Uh, but the, the, the presbyterians aren't too far behind in that regard um yeah that's <clears> fair know. uh historically speaking i know that that survey you talked about we didn't make the top <laughs> five but i'll blame that on the fact that now the largest presbyterian denomination has fallen away theologically and um, one unfortunate consequence of theological de- decay is probably a, de- a decrease in alcohol drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can I can tell you from experience that Methodists consume a decent well, quantity of alcohol. <laughs> my, my theory must be wrong then, because I don't think Methodists have that great of theology. Oh, so maybe that's because that maybe theology and grace, alcohol huh? are not correlated. Could be. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Maybe they're not correlated after all. I must be wrong. Um, anyway. Correlation so, is so, a causation. Brah, brah, brah. Yeah, exactly. That was my um, science phrase for the episode. Wow. Are you gonna, that should be your new thing. You start including one <laughs> science phrase every episode. You're just H2O like, is water. It, hydrogen. Oxygen. It could be a fact. It could be a phrase. It could be anything but it has to be like from a science class dude bad christian has a science episode <laughs> or science a science uh, episode not episode sorry a science segment oh yeah matt does it and like is it facetious or is it serious no it's pretty serious it's legit like it's not like oh yeah science blah. it's no it's pretty legit they talk about cool stuff and like the pastor on the show joey interacts <laughs> it's good it's if i haven't said it enough go listen to that podcast or don't. Whatever you feel like doing. <laughs> you know, Josh really likes that podcast. Oh, well, guess what, feeling. Andy? Uh, what? Gabe and Justin from Push the Narrative are not only do they listen to Bad Christian, but they also both are in the BC Club. Oh, Justin joined now, yeah, he did he? did. Good job, Justin. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, he wasn't a member when we did that episode with them. Which, once again, just to give those guys a plug, we're, we're trying to get the thing we recorded for our, our podcast with them out. Um, but we also did an episode with them that's on their podcast feed, Push the Narrative. Those are really solid guys. They're fun to talk to. Absolutely. Um, so go check them out. Um, anyway, <laughs> I think, is there anything else you want to say <clears throat> in terms of uh um disproving that first camp the teaching that alcohol like drinking any alcohol is sin do you think there's anything to add there not really man i just i genuinely find it hard to form a solid theology of prohibition when jesus clearly consumed alcohol he turned water into wine the disciples clearly consumed alcohol like it's just so throughout the bible that i think a a theology of prohibition is just an extremely hard case to make silly 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 now yeah the more nuanced case to deal with um would be that we mentioned before those who particularly uh require leaders or staff members to refrain from drinking because they want to be above reproach um so going back to that idea of you know you don't want it to look bad you don't want to look like we encourage partying or alcoholism or anything like that um so what would you say in response to that, Josh? Why do you think that having those kinds of restrictions is unnecessary or unhealthy, maybe? Uh, well, can I answer with a story? <laughs> yes, please so, do. I worked when I worked at the church where this was the rule, you know, I, where staff, not allowed to drink. Um, there was a time when I went out to dinner with my wife and uh, a couple, a young couple, they were the same age as us, uh, named Matt and Allison, and they everybody ordered like we were at a mexican restaurant like a tequila bar kind of place it was pretty cool like no the girls got uh, margaritas matt got like some kind of beer and when i told them that i wasn't allowed to drink because of my job like they were dumbfounded Hmm. and they were actually they were like more angry about it than i was (laughs) 
<laughs> and so basically uh, what I think, and I mean this, I've heard other people say this too, is if if anybody comes to you, like maybe somebody interested in your church or somebody that goes to your church or, or leaders or people that like you oversee or even just friends and you say, oh no, sorry, dude, I can't drink because I work at a church. It's an instant turnoff. You have lost yeah. that person, like done. And so is that really something so silly, really worth, you know, possibly turning them off completely from the idea of church or Jesus because like you want to, I don't know, pat yourself on the back and say you don't drink beer. I don't know. I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually an interesting point um, that it can actually be almost a negative witness um, for, for Christians at some points. And one thing I would want to add into that too, is I think that um, while for some people who struggle with alcoholism, it might be wisest not to drink. Sure. Uh, at all. Right. Like if that's, if there's someone who struggles with alcoholism and they know that if they drink at all, it's going to lead down a bad path, then don't drink. Like by all means, Agreed. we're not saying you have to. Agreed. Um, but I think that one of the, one of the opportunities that Christian leaders have too, is to model, uh, what healthy Christian liberty looks like. Sure. Um, and so, so as Christians, you know, we have freedom to, to drink and to enjoy life and enjoy, uh, the good things of life, such as alcohol and food and games and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, in a healthy, moderate way. So we believe that the Bible teaches, I mean, I'm assuming you would agree with me, Josh, that the Bible <laughs> teaches that, uh, drunkenness is wrong. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I mean, abuse of alcohol clear. is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, time and time again, Jesus, I believe, even himself, in which I believe all the whole Bible has equal authority, so not that that matters authority-wise. Jesus but, is greater. Um, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> the Bible multiple times condemns drunkenness, yeah. and I believe that Jesus says things, negative things about drunkenness yep. um, himself. So it's throughout Scripture, whether you're like me and you believe in the authority of all Scripture, or you just are a red-letter guy like Josh... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'd call me a red letter guy. But yeah, I know. I sorry, I just had to take that shot. I like it. Um, anyway, but yeah, so drunkenness is clearly condemned throughout all scripture. Abuse of alcohol is condemned. So we believe that you have to use alcohol health healthily and responsibly. Um, but Christian leaders and just mature Christians can and should be able to model that in a healthy way, which the Christian life, <clears throat> the healthiest thing to do isn't always to just completely cut yourself off from everything Right. Um, whether it be alcohol or any any pleasurable or enjoyable thing. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, and so, uh, a Christian leaders who just lay down the rule of no, we're not allowed to drink at all. Uh, I don't think are actually modeling the healthiest Christian life they can to their people. I think that they're doing them a disservice um, by by making it look like the Christian life consists only in saying no to bad things right um and also it 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 shrinks christianity to just moralism which yeah which true which i mean i i know you would agree with me is is a gross oversimplification of christianity christianity is not moralism (laughs) yeah and, and that is a problem i think in in a lot of the churches i think moralism and those stances on alcohol are connected because in a lot of the churches where um, drinking is forbidden either for all members or just for the staff. Um, usually those tend to be the same churches that, um, are very moralistic anyway, just in how they, in how they teach and how, how they envision the Christian life. Um, I know that was the case for my church that I worked at that didn't allow alcohol. Yeah. Same Um, for me. Not and not all. It's not always moralistic in the sense you might think of where they're like shaming everybody all the right, time or anything. Right, right. But where where their vision of like growing in the Christian life is primarily centered around like uh, following certain steps or rules or principles yeah. to like become a better person, right? Uh, rather than um, a view of the Christian life that's centered around uh, the grace of God in Christ transforming us through His Word, through the sacraments, uh, things like that. So. Uh, that that kind of moralism that kind of moralism and that stance on alcohol tend to go hand in hand. I find. Yeah, and then you get the you know churches <laughs> breaking into like the therapeutic moralistic deism. <laughs> yeah. Therapeutic. God makes me feel good. You know, 
dea like deistic i believe there's a god in moralism like i'm going to be a good person <laughs> yeah which is an oversimplic yeah. gross oversimplification it's very frustrating but i think it's all too common i think both of us would yeah. agree with that it's it's far too common but also yeah i i want to share a story with you um that happened recently and i want to see i just want to get your opinion i have an opinion on it i want to see what you all say right. All right. All right. Let's hear it. So I was talking to a a pastor <coughs> friend, okay, that I know. What uh? What can you give us like a denomination? Non-denominational. Or... Okay. All right. Non-denominational pastor friend uh, works in a church that doesn't teach. You know that staff can't consume alcohol. Um, it doesn't teach. Does that. not teach that. So they okay. are, staff are allowed to consume alcohol, but they just do exactly what we're talking about. Like, don't be dumb about it. Um, yeah. So this person actually uh, was telling me a story that they had a gentleman uh, come into their office uh, recently and the gentleman shared with my friend, the pastor, that um, the wife, his wife just left him. And Uh, so with the person's permission, uh, this pastor friend of mine um, got a bottle of whiskey that he kept in a cabinet in his church office. And they shared, yeah. a, you know, a little glass of, of whiskey on the rocks together while they talked about this um, situation that had just happened. What do you think about that? <clears throat> um, I don't necessarily think it's wrong. I think that's up to you. I think that's a discretion call sure. more than like a, a black and white right or wrong kind of thing. Um, I mean, I've <clears throat> I've had a beer with my pastor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and probably will again. Uh, you know, I, I think <laughs> I think that pastors drinking with, I think where you might run into some objections, uh, potentially, but although I don't necessarily agree with them, but where you might run into some objections are if they were at the church office or something like that. Uh, maybe there's an objection to drinking during office hours sure, or something sure, like that. Just sure. like most jobs wouldn't allow you to drink during office hours. Right. Um, or the, the only other thing that flashed through my mind, which honestly I think might be more of my, um, kind of my, my Southern Baptist past <laughs> rearing its ugly head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then like an actual concern. But the only other thing that flashed in my mind was like, I was thinking maybe you were going to end the story with, like, it turned out the guy was an alcoholic and this, like, spun him into some <laughs> no. kind of terrible tailspin. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's a very situational thing, but I don't – I think that could be appropriate. Cool. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think that it could actually – it could be appropriate, but it also could be helpful in the sense that, like um, – I mean, I'm very – I'm a relational person, and so my um, – philosophy of ministry is also very relational because of that yeah and so that's a very in my mind that's a very relational thing to do now just in case i don't think this person listens to our podcast but just in case they do i put a little white lie in their story um they do have a bottle of whiskey in their office um it is made available however uh they did not pull it out during this actual time so just okay just to be fair to them i just wanted to add that bit that like they shared you know Wine, uh, whiskey together to see for conversation's sakes but just in case okay, they listen yeah. just in case they do they didn't actually do that just so it's fair okay not i don't think gotcha. this person wouldn't object to that um they just they just didn't do it in this situation but okay. they did express that like they have it there sometimes if like um you know something really awesome happened and the staff wanted to like celebrate or you know for an example like that whatever um yeah but again in a healthy I think way so i think it's kind of cool yeah no, I totally think that could be appropriate. I mean, especially if you're just having a small drink, it's not like you're at work getting lit. Yeah, um, no, no. <laughs> not, not like, like doing someone, shots dude. at work, like, blah, getting uh, trashed, but. Speaking of doing shots at work, some of the guys, <laughs> this is a while wish, ago now. Sometimes I need no. shots at work. <laughs> no, but uh, I was, um, when I was working in October, you might remember I, I mentioned I was working the balloon fiesta yeah. here in Albuquerque. Yeah. And, uh, a few of the guys that I was working with were definitely drinking because <laughs> we, w- we would get there at like two in the morning and we would get all kinds of free food and like alcohol from other vendors and stuff. Yeah. And so like some of the other guys I was working with were definitely like putting uh, 
putting like crown into their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I I did not. That's I refrained funny. from that for the record. In case anyone's wondering, I did not drink at work, but uh, some some were not so restrained. Um, <laughs> well, dude, that that's really funny to say that because like there was uh, one time. So I had just like super duper recently left my previous job at the non-denominational church that alcohol wasn't allowed. And yep. they did this thing where they hired um, some people for their like worship team, uh, not just on stage, but also like behind the scenes stuff like sound techs. So there was yep. this other sound tech, a uh, super cool dude. And anyway, they weren't supposed to drink either. They signed a covenant. They of were course. paid, blah, blah, blah. He's not a Christian guy. Okay. Oh. Not a Christian, but they were okay they with hired, that. They hired people who weren't Christians but had them sign like a covenant. Yes, because they're okay. – they're, which I don't – I don't disagree <laughs> with their, their reasoning behind. I think it's kind of cool. They had this idea that like um, by having non-Christians a part of the team where they're welcome, uh, that that might be like a door for them to walk through to kind of get to know Christ kind of thing. Yeah. That was their idea. I've, we, heard, I've heard that before. Yeah, we can that debate that in another episode <laughs> or whatever. But anyway – um, I was at a beer festival and I ran into this gentleman because he was running sound for the bands that were playing and like, nice. he was super, Oh, thanks babe. My wife just brought me apple crisp that she just made out of the oven. She's very nice. Wow. That's very sweet of her. Yeah. <coughs> Literally sweet. Um, anyway, uh, he was like, <laughs> he was drunk, like, Oh no. Couldn't stand up. And like, I was talking, I saw him while, I was he, talking was to, while he was working. And, like, he was trying to act like he wasn't because he was trying to say, oh, I know I work at, you know, whatever church, but I can't drink, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, you're fine. Like, clearly I don't work there anymore. We're at a beer festival, and I have a beer in my hand. (laughs) Like, I'm not judging you, bro. Like, chill out. I just thought that was kind of funny. And then you reported him, right? And then I report. I called the journey. And, or, (laughs) I just said the church's name. Dang it. Oh, no. I called. I'll have to cut that out. (laughs) He called the blank. You don't. almost heard a, a gap because I'm going to edit that out. Or don't. Um, I, I almost don't care, but maybe you should. I don't know. Don't. <laughs> mm, whatever. There, there's a billion. We'll talk about this All right, later. Here's the thing. I'm not going to repeat the church's name, but there's a billion of them, including multiples where I live. So good luck finding it. Oh, multiples where you live. Yeah, it's very confusing wow. because people would call me and be like, when I work there, and be like, hey, is this the pastor – Matt and I'd be like, no, there's no Pastor Matt here. And they'd be like, what do you mean? I've been going to your church for ten years and I saw you on Sunday. Like, Matt, Pastor Matt exists. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Not here. Um, That's awkward. Yeah. So I called them and I reported him. But <clears throat> all right, maybe I won't. Uh, maybe I won't cut it out. We'll leave it. In. I doubt we have any listeners who are so devoted that they're gonna go to the trouble of figuring this out anyway. No, they're not going to. And you wouldn't be able to anyway because I'm off the website and everything. So. So ha. In your face, people who are trying to ruin Josh's career. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never succeed. He'll ruin it on his own. Also, the probability that anybody <laughs> I used to work with listening to this podcast, aside, <laughs> is aside from less Marty, than zero. is very low. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. Um, so, I don't know. I, f- I feel like we pretty much covered, covered it. Um, yeah, I think so. What about... Um, it- Actually, I have I have something I could ask you. All right. What do you What are your thoughts on having real? I know the answer, but for the listeners, what are your thoughts on having real wine uh, for communion in church during a service? I'm all I'm all about that, man. I I strongly prefer real wine. Um, I do understand the logic. And our church does this of uh, having grape juice available for those who maybe if they're... Although, I struggle to see how someone could be such an alcoholic that, like, a little tiny little, like, ounce of wine is going to be an issue, but we do have grape juice available, and I see the idea behind that maybe for children who want, who are taking communion um, or for those who just really, really convictionally can't drink alcohol. Yeah. Um... Because even if I think that they can drink alcohol, uh, you know, scripture teaches that whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So if they yeah. feel like they're doing something sinful by drinking that wine, uh, you know, I don't I don't think we should cause them to sin by forcing them to do that. Sure, so sure. 
So I think having grape juice available is good, but I strongly prefer real wine. Um, and I, I drink real wine for communion every Sunday. Sweet. Um, but yeah, how do, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's pretty cool. I don't I don't have a problem with it either. I don't. I've actually never. Well, that's not true. I went to a church that served real wine for communion one time, um, but I've never like been a like a legit member or you know long term attendee or anything like that at a church where that was the norm. So so the Methodists don't use real wine, even though they are. I was heavy very drinkers. surprised by that, but yeah, they use grape juice. Huh. They use grape juice, well, which is kind of a bummer. You know those. But then after church, evangelical they go out and Baptists. Have real wine. <laughs> <laughs> those evangelical Baptists are pretty influential. Yeah, dang it, guys. You know, uh, they they've changed a lot of things. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's that's about it on alcohol. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there were any surprises with what Josh and I said in this episode. I don't think so. Um, but maybe it's helpful for for some of you if you're from a more uh baptisty context to understand why why we don't think drinking is an issue right um if you have questions about this or want to talk more about it of course you're welcome to uh contact us through our website which is theology doesn't suck.com we have a contact us page uh, or you can DM us on Instagram, which yeah, is yeah. at Theology Doesn't Suck. So uh, those are options that are available to you. Um, other than that, go check out our website some more. Uh, our first blog post is finally up. Good job, so Andy. That's exciting. I'm working yeah, on I mine. Put up, <laughs> Josh is working on his. I put up a blog post a few days ago. Josh put is going to put up his first one soon. Uh, so the blog portion of the website is finally really up and running. Um, we, like I mentioned, we have our Instagram. Uh, we have past episodes on our website and on all of the podcast platforms. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Get episode suggestions. Get questions, comments, concerns for Josh's salvation. <laughs> um etc i pray for that every day bro (laughs) hit us up share us with your friends if you thought this was mildly edifying or entertaining uh we we need the publicity help trust me (laughs) um (laughs) i see the stats every week uh so so thank you for listening this has been theology doesn't suck um we will see you next wednesday and it's going to be a party, Josh. The next next Wednesday's with episode beer. should be rather interesting. Yeah, yeah with beer. <laughs> um, so thank you for listening. Have a great week. Let's go, Caps.